0: Welcome to SME Radio. In this episode of Mid-Market Matters, we're joined today by Nicholas Sweeney. Nicholas is Division Director and Co-Head of Macquarie Bank Middle Market, obviously particularly targeting mid-market business owners. And firstly, Nicholas, thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on, Craig.
0: Mate, I'd love to start with a little bit of background. How did you get to be the Division Director, Co-Head, Macquarie Bank Middle
1: Market? Uh, Yeah, great question. It's uh, a bit of a different path to most people within the banking sector. So um, I've spent over 16 years in corporate banking and absolutely love it. I think it's a really unique opportunity to work with some of Australia's leading entrepreneurs and business owners who choose to work with you in order to accelerate their growth strategies. so I've been, I joined Macquarie in 2015 and came across from priorly spending uh, about 15 years in a big four bank focused on the corporate banking division. Um, but before that, I actually worked in small business in a sports marketing business. So I um, had a total early career change out of sports marketing into finance.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Not very closely related, you wouldn't think. But anyway. That's no, very different. So, mate, your title uh, at the bank specifically mentions mid-market, and that's obviously the key focus. Why does the bank have a specific focus on that particular area?
1: So, Macquarie Group's purpose uh, on a group-wide basis is to empower people to innovate and invest for a better future. So, that's really why we do what we do. And in the middle market business, we do that by supporting growth-focused business. So our business is a little bit different from our competitors in that we aren't sector agnostic. And what that means is we really focus around specific industry verticals in which where we can have or provide deep industry knowledge and build long term trust and relationships with our clients. So our retention in our business bank is around 90 percent, so our client retention. So a lot of our clients have been with us for a very long time and they were growing in their sophistication as it related to both their corporate structures and capital requirements. So we really saw a unique opportunity to bring growth capital solutions to them and new clients in the middle market segment. Um, So, you know, I I touched on it before. It's just a really great opportunity to service this market because it gives us a chance to really make a meaningful difference to business owners in order to help them grow.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting because you talked um, specifically about the you know, the industry focus. And I know, you know, I've done a bit of work um, with clients with Macquarie Bank and, and you are very, very deeply entrenched in particular industry verticals. And it certainly makes a difference in the way that you deal with clients. Um, I guess, look, in terms of the mid-market, I guess I'd love to hear your thoughts on what that actually means. You know, What, is, what does the mid-market look like to you?
1: Yeah, look, it's really easy to define it by size, Um, and I think in general the market really looks at businesses with enterprise values between 10 million and you know at the upper end of 250 million. But that's a really raw measure, and for us, it's only one of the characteristics in how we define our approach to the market. Um, So I remember reading a report back in 2017 that was written by PwC titled Once in a Lifetime, and it spoke to Australia's intergenerational succession. So this market of private and family-owned businesses contributes over a third of our national GDP, and 70% of businesses are planning to sell or succeed. So that's about 350,000 businesses looking to change CEO or ownership. Mm. And as a market, we employ over 3 million Australians, So as a bank, we want to make sure we work with businesses to get it right. Um, So there's really four key characteristics in which we look at when we um, approach the market. So one is an industry, and you just touched on it, Craig, around is it an industry in which we have deep knowledge of, in which we can deliver, I guess, what we call intimacy and trust, And is it an industry which is defensible and stable in which we can provide growth capital solutions to? So we then delve into what is their strategy and purpose. So we have a real focus on growth businesses um, that have a mindset, a buying mindset of value where our value proposition resonates with them. Then we go into what is the capital structure and making sure there's clear alignment of capital structure to management and strategy. And lastly, it is size. So our middle market business focuses on businesses with greater than $5 million in EBITDA. We've worked with a lot of smaller businesses, primarily those that um, are being invested in by growth private equity firms because they might be a platform for future growth. But obviously, we just align the the capital to structure, um, the, the capital structure to align with this.
0: Yeah, okay. So you're talking about a massive market. You're talking about employing 3 million Australians. I mean, that's a fair, fair slab of the
1: workforce. Yeah, and I think that's why we're so passionate about it. Um, mm. When you've got, you know, 350,000 businesses looking to change ownership or CEO uh, in the very near term, contributing such an enormous, um, you know, almost a third of national GDP we almost feel like we have an obligation to work with them to get it right, um, to to make sure that the families that they employ, and as you just said, over 3 million Australians, um, continue to to remain employed. Yeah. So
0: I'm interested to hear any recent research or trends, what are you seeing happening at the moment in mid-market
1: business? Um, So I think the number one trend that we're seeing or, or even dilemma that's facing this market is how to obtain growth. So organic growth is really difficult in the current, you know, benign economic environment that we have. And that that outlook uh, isn't favorable for organic growth. And, you know, from our perspective, we see founders just working so hard to build value. But In order to maximise that value, when a large majority of them have talked about selling or succeeding, it's really important to be able to demonstrate uh, future upside. So that's probably the the greatest dilemma in working with our business owners around how do they demonstrate that? Um, We're actually about to launch a piece of thought leadership on the dilemma where we've interviewed uh a number of our customers around how they approach that so you can access that through my linkedin page as well
0: yeah i'll certainly have a look that sounds pretty interesting so obviously there's a lot of focus on this mid-market how are they how are those businesses different
1: uh i touched on before i I really enjoy and we really enjoy working in this space because it's never just business so from (laughs) our perspective the people that we honestly have the privilege to work for or with because they do have a choice um they're highly innovative they've put their blood sweat and tears into it and the entity that they have built kind of rivals their families outside hobbies and and interests for the attention that they have um so for these people business is personal and growing Mm. value is really hard so for us you know and the banking market has an obligation to be empathetic to that and and as you're aware capital is just so readily available from many sources outside the banking sector now that we need to be able to deliver value beyond access to money and that's why we base our strategy around industry verticality because we need to listen to our customers we need to help them structure their business in the best possible way to deliver against their objectives and more than ever, we just need to be so much more deeply connected to them. It's interesting to think
0: about, um, you know, a bank talking about being deeply connected to customers, because that's not the traditional banking model without Without any level of disrespect at all. Um, it hasn't been the way that typically banks operate historically, and that's obviously something that makes you guys a bit different.
1: Yeah, look, I, I work with a extremely um, intelligent and capable group of people. Um, however, more than that, they just care about their doing the best for their clients. And I think these last three months has really demonstrated that. Um, mm-hmm. Being able to support our clients and navigate through what has been probably the most rapid and chaotic change period uh, in my lifetime has really mm-hmm. cemented our approach to caring for them. Um, so we, we try and focus on what's going on in the world outside us so we can stay on top of the trends and adapt with our clients, and our clients want this. and And I think that's a real benefit around being focused on industries because it allows us to actually focus on the world outside. And you know, our clients tell us day in, day out that they want more than a bank, and that just mm. needs to be provided now, and it needs to be provided in a meaningful and authentic way.
0: Right. It's very refreshing to hear. Um, let's talk a little bit about your clients. What what particular issues and barriers do they typically face?
1: Yeah, I mentioned before that for mid-market business owners, there's not just business and you know the blood, sweat and tears that they put into it rivals their families, hobbies and, and interests. Um, one of the other things that rivals is their ability to have access to networks and and we see that as one of the greatest barriers to growth and accessing the right support when it comes to setting a successful strategy and navigating options for your business requirements is really critical so we you know advocate for our clients and provide access to networks and and encourage them to speak to bankers accountants lawyers advisors friends at barbecues engage with industry bodies as many connections as they possibly can to surround themselves with the right team for them and their business. I've just seen so many times value eroded through a lack of alignment between a business owner and their advisors. And the only way to get that alignment is to make sure that you're well connected. Um, So that's something that we really strive to do is to make sure that we are connected and our clients are connected with you know, people that have alignment with what their strategic direction is.
0: And how do you guys work through that? How do you help them overcome that barrier and and connect them to the right people and so
1: on? So I think it's listening. Um, You know, it really is listening to their story, having an understanding around what the business's strategic direction is, having an understanding and a deep understanding around what the industry trends are and helping our customers connect their goals with the best, you know, with the best possible advice and structure. Um, yeah, you know, as bankers, if our team really takes the time to understand the drivers of the business and the ambition of an owner, helping them structure that business for growth and achieve their goals is far simpler. And yeah, you know, to be honest with you, it's just far more enjoyable for everyone.
0: Yeah, it certainly makes sense. If we asked your clients, what do you think business owners most need? from the bank what do you think they're really looking for from a bank
1: um i would say innovation um so i think yeah that most mm-hmm. business owners need innovation from their bank and yeah we re- recently interviewed dominic price who's a work futurist at atlassian um, mm-hmm. you can access the interview again through my linkedin page and one of the things that really stuck out to me in his interview is that he said the real secret in- to innovation, close your mouth and open your ears, listen and feel. And this is what we're hearing business owners want from their bank. Um, we Earlier this year, and it was you know, kind of fortuitous timing, it was about two weeks before COVID, uh, <laughs> we brought together 700 business owners and leaders from around Australia to attend the day where we actually heard nothing um, but how to approach innovation, purpose, leadership, and the importance of pillars, of these pillars in, in any business. Um, not once did we talk about banking, we discussed what it takes to adapt in the face of constant change. And yeah, we've just gone through, as I said before, the most rapid change we've ever seen. Yeah. So yeah, we, we heard new perspectives on leadership, customer experience, uh, innovation, and then we had some hands-on workshop shops, and the impact was enormous. And all our clients commented: the one thing is clear that the risk of doing nothing and not adapting, especially right now, has never been greater. Um, so, yeah, I would say that clients are looking for innovation from their bank bankers, and yeah, you know, as I touched on before, capital is so readily available. So we need to be thinking about providing services that. Yeah, I term, we term more than a bank. Mm, okay.
0: Now, you've talked about growth several times and funding growth and funding succession and acquisitions and so on. I'm interested to sort of get some feedback and thoughts from you around some of the risks around growing through acquisition. You know, what have you seen that has gone wrong or what are some of the risks people need to think about before they go down that road?
1: Yeah, really good question. And it's something that we analyse a lot because as I touched on before, that... Organic growth is really hard to come by, and uh, but there are also some risks to avoid in growth via acquisition. So, firstly, you know we always speak to our class customers around avoiding growth for growth's sake. Um, we yeah. want to make sure that growth is driven by strategy. So, what I mean by that, that there's an underlying strategic rationale to growing via acquisition. Um, if you don't, we see Risks of overpaying for assets, um, especially now when the cost of debt is so low, uh, and you know there's a massive pool of underdeployed equity capital as well. So that leads to a temptation to overpay, and you know we anticipating an unrealistic high level of cost saving synergies as well. Um, so when we're working with clients in this space that are looking to grow via acquisition we really focus on three key key areas and first and foremost is that due diligence process so you know i know you work with a lot of clients across this space but it's really looking at comprehensive due diligence process but considering more than just financials so everything from licensing contracts hr legal risks and probably the most important factor is making sure that the business is cultural and fit culturally and strategically with your current business. Um, Mm -hmm. Clash of culture is is one of the biggest risks that we see. Second, we look at what are the integration risks. So a successful M&A process um, obviously involves integrating multiple aspects of the business. And yeah, this always takes twice as long and is twice as expensive than what is originally anticipated. Um, You can imagine the requirement to integrate software, admin, HR, management structures, and as I touched on before, really different cultures. So that that really needs to be taken into account um, when, when you're considering acquisition. And finally, use the capital structure. So your acquisition funding mix and the resulting capital structures are really critical in determining your ongoing risk of the business and the sustainability of the new combined business. So that capital structure, you know, there's no perfect mix. Um, it really comes down to what is the risk tolerance of the founders and, and shareholders and also the sustainability of that capital structure um, within the business as well.
0: So maybe let's just talk a little bit about capital structure or the right funding mix. You know, how, how do you go about advising clients on what that funding mix needs to look like?
1: Um, yeah, it really comes down to, as I touched on before, the level of risk and the level of control you're willing to give up. Um, So there's no real one size fits all. So what it really comes down to cost of capital versus risk. And yeah, that equation is going to be different for every business. You know, debt versus equity is always a fundamental question. There's a number of options under each of those umbrellas and you know finding the right mix can be complex. But I guess the good news is in mid-sized businesses now, um, they can access the same expertise and capital solutions long enjoyed by larger businesses. So our team was specifically created to help mid-market businesses find the opt- optimal funding s- strategy for the future. And we don't really look at, kind of the value of a balance sheet. Um, we look at a business in the same way founders do as profit generating enterprises. Um, so we're fairly flexible in the r- wide range of options we can provide through to those businesses to execute on their growth strategies.
0: Okay, fantastic. Mate, um, before we wrap up, some pretty useful, interesting information there. What would you say the number one tip for business owners, mid-market business owners to be more successful? Uh,
1: I think, being adaptive and and uh, you know, open to change, uh, as I touched on, I think we've just gone through the most rapid changes that that we've ever experienced. Um, mm. You know, both from a technology perspective and what has fallen out of this global pandemic. Um, and secondly, would be staying well connected and surrounding yourself with people that can help you deliver on what you're long-term growth strategy is.
0: No, fantastic. So, mate, how do people contact you if they're interested in finding out more about how your mid-market business operates at Macquarie? How do people contact you?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, we'd be, we'd be more than open to have conversations with people so they can contact me on my mobile, which is 0438 980708, or reach out through LinkedIn. Um, So it's Nicholas Sweeney, S-W-E-E-N-E-Y.
0: Fantastic. Mate, thanks very much. There's been some really interesting uh, information there and ideas and and some of the risk areas to focus on, et cetera. It's been really helpful. Thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah, no worries. Thank you very much.
0: Thanks for listening to Mid-Market Matters. I hope you found this episode helpful and informative for your business. To find out more, go to midmarketmatters.com.au. And to download other episodes, go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify or anywhere you get your podcasts.
1: Thank you for listening.